Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday Evening Podcast. Today, we begin a new two-part series entitled Destiny. And with part one of the series, here is Lead Pastor Rex Johnson with a message entitled To Be a Tree. I'm going to talk about tonight to be a tree. Joyce Kilmer wrote a, wrote a poem, I think I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. To be a tree. Everybody say, to be a tree. I speak on that tonight. Everybody say, Pastor. Pastor. Preach the word to us tonight. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word to us tonight. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Let it renew my mind. Preach the word to us tonight. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. I won't be lengthy. I hope I'm decent. You may be seated tonight. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, ladies. In a British cemetery, there is a, a wording that says this on a tombstone. Pause, my friend, as you walk by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. Prepare, my friend, to follow me, a visitor added. To follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. Destiny, folks, is determined not by chances, but by choices. Say it. Destiny is not determined by chances, but by choices. A certain courthouse in Ohio stands in a unique location. Raindrops that fall on the north side of the building go to Lake Ontario and to the Gulf of St. Lawrence. While those falling on the south side go into the Mississippi River and the Gulf of Mexico. At precisely the point of the peak of the roof, just a gentle, just a gentle puff of wind can determine the destiny of many raindrops. It will make a difference of more than 2,000 miles in their final destination. By the smallest deed or the choice of words that God gives me tonight, I or we might set in motion influences that could change the course of people's lives in this house and could also affect their eternal destiny. I think the wind of the Spirit's already blown in this house tonight. So the wind's trying to blow your raindrops to the right side of the building. Psalms 1 verses 1 through 3 said, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, And in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. Everybody say, brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does shall Shall prosper. 
That's powerful, folks. The psalmist gives to us the simplest, most elegant formula for a prosperous life found anywhere. According to the psalmist, prosperity is a product of two simple actions. Action number one, watch what you allow around you. Do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Do not stand in the way of the sinner. And do not sit in the seat of the scornful. The first step to a prosperous life is to simply control what you are surrounded by. Wow. Notice that there's a progression. You walk, then you stand, and then you sit. You walk, then you stand, and then you sit. You move along. You walk with something before you start pausing or stand to consider their perspective. Before you finally settle or sit in a permanent place there. The first glimpse of Saul of Tarsus. The Bible says he was consenting to the death of Stephen. Then he was persecuting the saints. And then finally he was breathing out threatenings and slaughterings against the Christians. What you consent to today, folks, you will participate in tomorrow and it will consume you in short order. Say amen to that. So the first steps toward a prosperous life is to simply control what you're surrounded by. What do you have around you? That's easy enough that anyone can do. Can you say amen to that? The second step is equally easy. Watch what you allow to get in you. Say amen. Amen. Boy, you're going to love this in a little while. We are to delight in the law of the Lord. Prosperity is directly tied to what we delight in. And what we delight in, what we find pleasure in, what we actively pursue has a profound effect on us, on our appetites, on what satisfies us. Psalms 37 and 4 said, delight thyself, I love this, also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Too many read this psalm, though, and believe if they delight in the Lord, God will give them whatever they want. That's not what the Bible said. What we delight, when we delight in the Lord, that begins to shape and impact and form the desires that are in our heart. Here's a clear revolutionary understanding of this passage. Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires you should have in your heart. Every child of God that walks in this church should have a desire To have more of God in their life. More of his presence in their family. More of his faith in their future. And more of what God has for us to have. Not what we desire, but what God has planted in our hearts to desire. Clap your hands and rejoice in that. We're going to preach a little bit. Here's what... Here's what is also implied here. While we have defined prosperity as getting the things we want, 
An integral part of true prosperity is desiring the right things. David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. You know what it was? Not defeat his enemies, not destroy, not get rich, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his sanctuary. I wonder if there's anybody like this pastor tonight that just loves coming to church. Come on. This love's coming to the house of God. You desire being in the house of God. You know what? To be here on a Wednesday night, you have to have a desire to be in God's church. I've often said people that come to church on Sunday morning, people that come to church on Sunday morning, love the church. People who come to church on Sunday night, love the preacher. Preacher, people come on Wednesday night, love Jesus. I used to say that. We don't have Sunday night anymore. But I do believe that when people take a midweek break to be in God's house, it is an awesome thing to understand that this is what we desire. Billy Sunday once said, more men fail through lack of purpose than through lack of talent. So what is your purpose here? The reason some people have more than they can imagine and still do not feel prosperous is the desires that are in their heart are not aligned with what God has destined for them in his future. Until that alignment happens, it does not matter what you do or do not have. If your desires are not aligned with God's destiny and what he has for you, you'll feel out of sync, you'll feel unsatisfied, and you're going to feel uncomfortable in your life. Here it is. The prosperous life then is a product of not allowing the wrong stuff around you and allowing the right stuff in you. I think some of us need to get a bullying tactic to hell and say, hell, you're not going to put stuff around me that's going to try to defeat me. I'm not going to walk in that. I'm not going to stand for that. And I'm not going to sit down and quit fighting against that. Some of us have got to stand up and I'm preaching to people that's just started and people that's known the Lord for 30 years. But I'm trying to bring people to another level. Whatever level you're on, I'm trying to take you to another level. Because I want you to understand destiny is for you. Destiny's in your life. Destiny is a part of what you are right now. But you've got to start saying no to some things and then you've got to start saying yes to things. You've got to say no to what is trying to allure you and yes to what God is doing in your life. Say amen to that. Now, I'm getting close to preaching. Making, as if making prosperity that easy were not enough, the Bible then gives us an incredible definition of what it means to prosper. Verse one, chapter one, verse three, and he shall be like a tree. Be like a tree. That seems to be an odd definition of prosperous. A tree? I told you, might be in your backyard Sunday. 
There's no claim, there are no claims of wealth. There are no claims of affluence. There's no mention of influence and power in that verse, but he shall be like a tree. But on deeper reflection, it may be the most powerful definition of prosperity ever. Because a tree is a symbol of strength. It speaks of stability. A tree speaks of enduring. A tree spans seasons and generations. A tree produces. Each tree brought forth seed bearing fruit after his own kind. We've got a tree in this church tonight that just got over open heart surgery. Her name is Sister Shirlene Green. I think she needs a hand clap tonight. That's a tree in this house. Give it up for her. Come on, clap for her. She's in my sermon tonight. We got some trees around here, folks. We got some old oaks. We got some evergreens. We got some fruit-bearing trees. We got all kinds of trees in this house. That is the symbol that God used for destiny and prosperity. At first glance, like a tree is not that great until you look at what a tree really is. It's stable, it's strong, it's enduring, and it's fruitful. Everybody say, the world needs more trees. (laughs) Wow. Men and women of stability, strength, who are not moved by every cultural trend, who are not easily swayed at every wind of ideology, who can endure seasons of godlessness and immorality and still say, my God reigns, who can walk through the fiery furnace and not even come out smelling like smoke, who can spend the night in a den of lions and say, I'm all right because God's with me, who can face the evil kings of the world and say, I will not bow my knee to your God. We need people with that kind of enduring strength. The world needs more trees. Men and women who do not change with the tide of popular opinion and whose convictions and consecrations are so strong they pass on from generation to generation. Men and women who are fruitful in the kingdom of God and the promise of the scripture is you can be that tree if you'll just not allow the wrong stuff around you and allow the right stuff in you. Boy, howdy. I can't write it no better. What he really is saying is to be a tree, Jake, just make sure the conditions that you are in are right. Psalms 1 and 3, he shall be like a tree. I know I'm reading it a hundred times. Planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season and his leaf also shall not wither. My lands. And whatsoever he does shall prosper. There's an audible alignment of truth in this passage of scripture. See, when a tree, oh, hallelujah, is planted where it's supposed to be planted and has a good source of water and receives the sunlight The tree does what comes natural to a tree. It produces. Pay close attention. Prosperity here is described as a tree doing what comes natural to the tree. That's bringing forth fruit. You are not prosperous at a certain income level. 
You're not prosperous at a certain specific degree of societal influence. But you are prosperous when you are doing what you are uniquely created to do. He shall be like a tree that brings forth his fruit in his season. I'm just going to keep driving it home and driving it home and driving it home. You're prosperous when you bring fruit you were uniquely designed to produce. We have another term for that. It's called destiny. Destiny. Destiny is the prosperous state of producing the fruit you were designed to produce. You're prosperous when you fulfill your destiny. However, this passage turns all the teaching and preaching about destiny on its head. Because there are thousands of sermons and books. Help me, Lord, right now. About discovering your destiny and finding your destiny and seeking your destiny and encountering your destiny. I've got some news for you today. My name's Paul Harvey, and here's the rest of the story. You don't have to find your destiny. Or seek your destiny. Because the purpose and the destiny of a tree is the very essence of the tree. It is inside the tree. Everybody say inside. There's so many people that run from meeting to meeting to church to church trying to find their destiny. I'm looking for my destiny. And they never find it. There's preachers. There's pastors that give up a church of 100 to go pastor a church of 200 because it's got a better crowd and more tithing. And that's my destiny. No, it's not. The destiny that God has for us is simply this. Get planted in some soil. Oh, let me preach right now. When the water comes by, the water by the word of God, get your roots in that water. And have a right relationship with the light, Jesus Christ. And I promise you, you're going to produce and produce and produce and produce. You can't chase this all over the country. You can't chase this all over town. You've got to put your roots down. Get some water running by you. And be reflective and let the light of the Lord shine on you. Hallelujah. He shall be like a tree. Fruit appears. Prosperity, destiny. Your destiny is not somewhere waiting to be discovered. Everybody say, it's inside me. It is inside me. Mm. And it's waiting for the right conditions to emerge. Fruitfulness is the product of being planted and enduring seasons in your life. If you want to be fruitful in a church, in a ministry, in a career, in a relationship, all you have to do is get planted. (laughs) Endure the seasons, stay the course, in the right relationship with the light. Quit trying to fulfill your destiny and just make sure the conditions are right for you to prosper. I love this phrase. 
Once the game is over, the king and the pawn go back in the same box. What does that mean, Pastor? That means some of you think that other people have greater destinies than you. No. No. They're the same kind of tree. Trees are trees. They may look like a king and you may feel like a pawn, but when the game's over, you all get back in the box. We're all going to heaven. It's all right to be a two-talented person. It's all right to be a one-talented person. And it's all right to be a five-talented person. But what I'm asking you to do is don't hide your gifting. Get yourself planted by the river. Hallelujah. Let the water of the word wash you every time church comes around. Let the praise and the glory of God touch you. Let a word direct your raindrop that falls on your roof and let the joy of the Lord be in your life and have a right relationship with the light of this world, Jesus Christ, and you watch yourself, you will start producing. That's how it works. Clap your hands real big. Stay planted. And quit striving. You know, trees never try to do anything. Apple trees don't strain. Boy, those Washington Reds are hard to produce. Those green apples. God didn't make little green apples. But when the conditions are right, the apples just emerge. If you're not fulfilling your destiny, if you're not prosperous, it's more about the conditions of your life not being right than anything you're failing to do in life. The conditions of your life are determining what is or what is not being evidenced in your life. See, there's a kingdom, folks, of animals that rule the darkness by night. They're called hunters and killers. They're cold-blooded. But there's a kingdom of animals ruled by the light and by the day. There are peaceful herbivores. What determines which one emerges is whether you receive the light or not. Because in every one of us, Paul said there is things I would do not that I do. And things that I would like to do that I don't do. He said there is a struggle within me. When I would do good, evil is present. You know what I'm talking about. So the, the bottom line, folks, is that if you get good and planted and let the word, the water of the word come by you and you suck up that water of the word, all you got to do is just get in relationship with the light. Some of you need to absolutely find Jesus Christ like you've never discovered him in your life. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he also said, I am the light of the world. Some of you need to get in touch with Jesus, not just an emotion of a service around you. You know, Esau wept when Jacob came back from Peniel and he limped and his name was Israel because Esau was in the presence of a man who had been in the presence of the Lord. But that's not what I want in this service. That's not what I want in our church. I want every man, every woman, every boy, every girl to have a right relationship with Jesus Christ for yourself. Not because a pastor has a relation. I can't take you to heaven. I can preach you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to get a revelation of the light and let Jesus get a hold of your life and shine on you. Amen. 
God wants us to be trees. The old prophet spoke of the believer's identity in 61 and 3 of Isaiah. He said, trees of righteousness. We are the planting of God. Trees of righteousness. God wants you to be strong. He wants you to be enduring. And most of all, he wants to fulfill your destiny. Hallelujah. That's simply the state of fruitfulness that you were purposed to do. And you don't have to strive. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to seek for your destiny. It's right here. I said it Sunday could be in your backyard. I walk out sometime and I talk to the trees. I know. I don't hug them. I just talk to them. (laughs) Some of y'all get that when you eat your bluebell tonight. (laughs) But trees are amazing to me. They're amazing. We've had droughts in Austin. We've had no rain for months in Austin. We've had high temperature in Austin. The leaves still come every season. How they do it? Somebody said they break into the plumbing line. But Job said, though the stock wax old in the earth and the root wax old or or die in the ground, yet through the scent of water, just the scent of water, that tree is going to blossom and bloom and bring forth boughs and have flowers again because the tree says, I must have water and I must be directed by the light. And I walk out and I say, have you ever had a bad day? You ask trees, you ever had a bad day? Ask one in your backyard one day. And then just hit the bark and he'll bark at you. It'll hurt your hand when you hit the bark because he's strong. That tree's strong. My little grandson was running out for a pass one day several years ago. And there was a little old tree, a little old sapling that's got, got to be a big tree now. A little old sapling. And when he hit that sapling, I said, well, when he, he going to hit that sapling. I saw it coming. I saw it through the back window. He's going to hit that sapling. When he hit that sapling, I thought, well, he's going to break that sapling. No, he didn't. That sapling knocked him down. A sapling. said, is that all you got? Somebody said, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm new in this thing. This church is a new thing to me. I'm just a sapling. You still got the power to not let things around you devour what you are. Don't you walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't you stand in the way of sinners. Don't you sit in the seat of the scornful. But let your delight be in the law of the Lord. And on, your, on his law, you need to meditate day and night because it's not a struggle to live for God when you get the things that are not necessary out from you and get the right stuff in you. You'll be prosperous. Amen. I got to quit. I got to quit. God wants you to be a tree. I can't believe I'm preaching to be a tree. A tree never does anything for itself. Please understand this. A tree is very selfless. It produces fruit for two reasons. To feed whoever wants to eat of it and to produce seed for future generations. A tree is never selfish. 
It's always giving. Trees are selfless. Nebuchadnezzar, I close tonight. Nebuchadnezzar dreamed of a great tree with great heavy fruit on every branch. And all kinds of birds came and ate freely of its fruit. And the prophet told the king that indeed he was the, he was the tree. The prophet told Nebuchadnezzar he was the tree. But then Nebuchadnezzar made everything about himself. He started being selfish. And the second part of the dream was fulfilled. The mighty tree was cut down and reduced to a lifeless stump. God knows how to cut us down when this thing starts becoming about us. I wish you folks knew how often I surrender this church to the Lord. I wish you knew how much it's not about me. It's about him. I wish you really knew. I wish you could just somehow be a fly on the wall sometime and hear me talk in my office. You'd think I'd lost my mind because I don't want anything to make me think it's about what I've done and what I've accomplished. This is the planning of the Lord here. I'm about to celebrate 26 years of joy unspeakable and full of glory in this church because every time I walk out of that office, I resign this church to him. This is not my church. This is not my church. This is his church. But I'm so glad I'm planted in it. I'm so glad I've got my tree by the river bank. I'm glad the water of the word and the water of worship and the water of praise and the water of thanksgiving flow by my tree and I can suck from that water. And I'm so glad that I've got a relationship with the light of the world because I don't want the dark creatures and the cold-blooded things to come out of my system. I want to be a I want to be a fruit-eating man of God. I don't want to devour flesh with my preaching. I don't want to kill people with the word. I want to give you something good to eat every time you come to the house of God. It's not about us. sometime or another we could turn our praise loose and just let it rumble for a while and let us say thank you Jesus for giving us light thank you Lord for giving us direction thank you Lord for bringing peace thank you Lord for delivering me from a bondage thank you Lord for bringing me out of hell thank you Lord for setting my feet on a rock thank you Lord for establishing my going thank you thank you thank you Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, anybody want to get happy with me right now? It's not about us. It's about Him. It's about Him. It's about Him. Everybody say, Pastor, I'm going to keep the conditions right. I'm going to stay in right relationship with the light. And I'm not going to make this about me. And your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do will prosper.
that is destiny. So I'll tell you a story one more time. A certain courthouse in Ohio. Pastor, you've already said it, I know it. But a certain courthouse in Ohio stands in a unique location. And raindrops that fall on the north side of the building go to Lake Ontario and the Gulf of St. Lawrence. While those falling on the south side go to the Mississippi River and the Gulf of Mexico. At precisely the point of the peak of the roof, just a gentle puff of wind can determine the destiny of many raindrops. It'll make a difference of more than 2,000 miles in their final destination. I trust tonight that somehow a puff of the Word of God, a puff of the movement of the Spirit of God has changed your mindset and wants you to flow to the right source, to the right destination. You don't need to be 2,000 miles away from what God wants you to have. You need to be in the right relationship with Him tonight. Amen? Amen. Why don't the next 40 days, I know, I know that many people in the Protestant movement even call it the Lenten season. Why don't we, in the next 40 days, just have 40 days of wonder? Easter's coming. No, we don't have to call it Lent. We don't have to call it that. We don't have to call it that. If, if that's uncomfortable, that's fine with me. But why don't we in the next 40 days just consecrate ourselves and say, I want to be a tree, Lord. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to get rid of the things around me that are trying to prevent me from living for God. And I'm ready to get the right stuff in me that gets me to live for God, right? I want to be a producer. I want to be a destiny tree. Amen. Stand to your feet and clap your hands all over the house. You're a wonderful people tonight. I love you. I love you. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.